Sullivan, out of his element, mad villain, never forget. Like an elephant, any bet, except idle threats, all relevant. Catch a man while I tell him, found it, tell him it, well written, as well as well spit for the hell of it. Before the shell hit, etiquette, spell it. Pumping dumplings, a hundred and something, something. Forrest Gump chumps get pumps and nothing for nothing. Taurus, swung with the shores with the sharks that hold up, spark that park rat. Stirred, not shaken, absurd verbs, this word the hot bacon. Wrote this rhyme on standard sandpaper. Worked out the plan and plot for Grand Caper. Fell on the cover of Playbill. Grilla make your mother say ill. Hey, will ya? Ten feet at least, the beast may steal ya. Yeah, I feel ya. Hey, hey, what's better than the healer yet worse than tequila? A money get like that's thirsty than a squiller. I guess you had to be there. It was free beer. Last of the Ansars on the microphone, cyclone like Myanmar. Hand in the jar, got stuck, took it. Used the glasses, took the pot, luck, crooked. Plaster not looking. Four words, cast on the spot, booking. Howdy, never too loud for me, too rowdy and too black and too proud to be. And he's outie, last scene with a queen. Lay cool, dinner cool, Molly Adin, Yami. Welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. I'm at Drew Sample. I'm at Clever West. And today we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Mr. Aaron Cliver. <laughs> I'm smelling your microphone. It smells like weed. He it smells, sm- like, smells like sweet, sweet Chiba. Allegedly. Allegedly. The, the Allegedly. Allegedly. No, no, I said had. it smells like weed. Mm-hmm. I, when, I, when I learned in Dare what <laughs> weed smelled like, it smells like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually we bought that that uh, yeah. microphone on uh, Craigslist from a Dare office from a Dare program. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to do podcasts about Dare. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. They're like, remember Jimmy? Just say no. <laughs> a real friend wouldn't offer you that. <sighs> so, anyways, so just to let people know, Aaron's in town because he's actually opening for Bob Saget tonight. Yeah. It's pretty fucking awesome, man. Bob Mother F and Saget. Yeah. I yep. like him. Bob's uh Bob's a funny guy, man. I'm excited. I I remember cuz we just I mean, we just met you at the Death Squad Ohio show. Yeah, uh in Dayton with Bert. And I met you in Columbus. Yeah, Jason Woodland met you in uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. we cuz we met Gio oh. and and Gio was like, I'd like to do your guys' podcast. We're like, oh, yeah. we we're like, really? <laughs> okay, so I, I met No Susquehanna. He saw me with when I opened for Bert in Dayton. Correct. And then uh, and then you guys met me on the Death Squad tour. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And then we went and saw your special. Jason and I did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was stuck working. Yeah, was that a work? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, so many stories for me end up, and I was stuck working. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty crazy that I was just telling you guys, I think last night, that yeah. the Death Squad kind of family has been a whirlwind for me in the last like, like no, like five months, yeah, like six months until I started opening for Bert, and uh, I'm meeting people, and then Red Band put me on the Death Squad Ohio tour, and then you know, and then you know. Uh, you know, I'm back in Columbus with Bob Saget. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is like Death Squad headquarters. Yeah. Kind of. It's becoming it, like, for I Columbus. Know. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, and then I got 
Death Squad friends coming. I mean, you know, the Death Squad. I mean, they embrace Bob Saget. They should. I I think I mean I embrace Bob Saget. I've been a Bob Saget fan since I saw him in The Aristocrats. Oh yeah, when he was like he was so funny telling that filthy joke, and Penn Jillette like makes sure to tell him after he tells the joke that he was hard from him telling the joke, and he's yeah. like, "Hey Bob, I'm hard. You want to feel?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, I I remember the first time I saw him as well. It was uh, he was doing comic relief. Uh, oh, wow. Doing one of those comic relief tours, yeah. So yeah. up until like that was Whoopi Goldberg and all yeah. of them. Uh, Where Bobcat I, Goldthwait took a shower. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so I remember seeing him there, and it was the first time I had ever seen him in a role that wasn't like America's right. Funniest Videos or you know Full House. Bob yeah. or Tanner, or Danny whatever. Tanner. Yeah. And people will come out to see him that are like, "Hey, that's that guy from television," and yeah. then he's like, you know, motherfucking dick sucking. You know, yeah. like, and people are like, "What?" <laughs> and there's some old ladies that'll uncomfortably, I think, walk out. I, I I think it's crazy that a lot of people still don't know that he's a dirty stand-up yeah. comic. You know, uh, actually, I was surprised actually that more people don't walk out, but they don't because I, he's so likable on stage. Like they yeah. kind of give him like carte blanche. Like they're just like, "Oh, we love him." His like, his delivery is so fun really good. on stage. That he's being dirty and people are uncomfortable, maybe, that aren't expecting that, but they stick around, you know? Yeah. Because I've seen people walk out of comedian shows, and you think that, like, you see people uncomfortable with Bob shows, but he's just, like, it just draws you in. Yeah. It just, like, sucks you in, and uh, they won't leave. He's still the nice Danny Tanner in Super. America's Home Videos yeah. host, but he, like... But yeah, I mean, it's just every now he just says you know cunt and dick and all that stuff and <laughs> talks about you know, he, I mean he just talks he talks about funny things. I haven't seen any of his new material, so I'm I'm excited too. Yeah, yeah. So you said it's been a, a pretty big whirlwind for the past five months. Like up until like prior to then, what what were you doing? Uh, doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I have a weird. Uh, I I kind of started. I mean, I kind of met Death Squad through Bert opened it for Burt Kreischer and um I mean I met him a year previously where um I met him at the uh, Cincinnati Brouhaha comedy festival and uh I think it was you know uh, ended up closing up a bar that night and taking our shirts off singing don't stop believing <laughs> something like that happened I think like 3 30 in the morning allegedly uh yeah and then I saw him like nine months later when I did my showcase I did a showcase show in Columbus uh, and um, the, 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 the the booker for the Columbus Funny Bone and all these other Funny Bones around the country was like, "Will you come back and you know feature for a guy?" And I said, "You know," I said, "Well, I you know I met Bert a couple times, you know," and he said, "Okay." And so I, I came and, and featured for Bert on a Sunday night here in Columbus, and uh, then I was uh, you know working at all these other clubs uh, around the East Coast and uh, got to know Bert, and then uh, Bert came and did the uh, Pittsburgh Comedy Festival that I was on. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it just kind of like fell into that and just boom, it was, and I started working with them and I've done a, quite a few dates with them so far and yeah, uh, we'll have some more in the spring and, that should and, be fun. and then, and then, and then it just so happens when I was in Dayton, red band came and red band, red band's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got to know red band and then, uh, you know, the 50 death squad family that, uh, you know, just, yeah. just came all over my life. <laughs> it's it's crazy man like it's i mean it's just like 
it's cool to hear like stories from a comic about like what like being a part of Death Squad has done. It's crazy. Yeah, because just like I was telling it's you crazy. yesterday, yeah, like because I mean, just for us who are just dudes who were um, dudes who were just like getting on Twitter, listening to a podcast, yeah, and then like how we've met all these cool people through the internet, yeah. and I mean it's all it's all yeah. because of Death Squad. It's nuts. Like I, I and I did. It's the first time that I did something. Well. Yeah, there, there was a kind of thing, like, I did something back in the day where I'd get a bunch of Facebook followers, but uh, this stupid movie we can talk about later. It's, no, it's not <laughs> stupid, it's awesome. But Death Squad, was that, that first weekend in, in Dayton, it's like all these Death Squad people just started tweeting me. And it's like, I, I leave Dayton, Ohio after six shows with, like, 400 more Twitter followers. That's and then crazy. it's like, and then Red Band tweets me and Bert tweets me, and there it is, three, 400 followers in a weekend. Damn. And I was like, damn, son. Like, it was, uh, I, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, it's so crazy how people are like, like, people like you guys would be like, check out Aaron Kleiber, follow Aaron Kleiber. And people would be like, okay. And then, like, 15 people <laughs> will follow you just because someone said so. Because, because I don't think that Death Squad family would vouch for somebody unless they really like them. Dude, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, you're just so, fu- like, you're, f- like, I mean, you're super funny, man. I remember the first time I saw you. Thanks, man. I had never really. You're the best, man. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I like you looked familiar, but I'd never like it was just one of those things I'd never like seen you before. And then you just get on stage and you just get like the whole crowd like sucked in, <laughs> and in like five minutes, dude. Like you literally took over the crowd in like five minutes. And then, not boom, you just five. started sending up what? Not even five minutes. Yeah, not even yeah. five minutes. Like, it was just I, like. You know, it's funny you say that because people, I've heard people say that and they're like, why? Someone told me one time, they said, you should get the crowd to like you in 30 seconds. Yeah. And I don't remember where I heard that from, but it's like my, I have some background in like improv and sketch comedy and hosting stuff. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. No problem. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, it, it's true. <laughs> I mean, what you do is you go out there, the people immediately like you. You get them because you go out there with such high energy yeah. and everything. The crowd's just fucking ravenous and just a bunch of fucking savages uh, ready to go by the time you get off. And, yeah. you know, I mean, whoever you're opening for is right. it's like, all right, I lined them up, just knock them down. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and I know there's some comics too. I mean, there's, uh, I've been fired by a comedian before. Wow. For, uh, for kind of lining it up pretty hard, and uh, and I don't, and, and, I can't compete with that. <laughs> well, I don't want to me. say I don't want to say that, but it's yeah. just that um, that I understand how some comics don't want high energy before them, and I respect that. I mean, I I you know I won't go super high energy if I don't have to. Like if I'm with Bert, like it's just we just have a blast. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Or if I'm with uh, Jim Brewer, you know we we could both go crazy, and it's I know he can like match that and crush that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, but um, so Stephen Wright fired you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stephen Wright's very good. He's very funny. Yeah. Uh, there was just somebody that fired me. It's huh. pretty public. No, I think it's been mentioned nationally, uh, and it, it's it's going around huh. that. Uh, Fired me, yeah. Whoa, wait, wait. he's he's a comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap a do! He's I, gonna ruin your career in the industry. <laughs> he's gonna ruin my podcast career. He's, uh, he's yeah. that, that's okay. Like right on the last show before it's over, you'll hear. Yeah, yeah. And he'll demand a check. Well, that's the shirt he sold. 
No. Oh, yeah, from the movie 16 years ago? Yeah, I sold that. Yeah, which one? Because okay, that's, no, I'm being I, mean. I apologize. <laughs> I heard, like, my friends that the only movies he's been in since then? Like, is, like, a cameo? I think, wasn't his last uh, full feature one? No, the only movies... No, no, the only movies he gets in are Adam Sandler's shitty movies. I or, mean, well, or the movies that are made by Happy Madison. Yeah, which used to be funny movies. Like, and I, like, and I don't want to... I mean, I'm totally shitting on Adam Sandler. But I don't know what it is. It's like, I think, I feel like guys make, they get to a point where they're making so much money that they're just not funny anymore. Well, it, it's not even that. It's some people can get complacent. And, uh, you know, it's how it sure. is with, with every job that you work. When you're so busy, it takes yeah. time to put something out, you know, that's, And you have uh, to do fresh material that's all the creative, time. creative. You know, it takes time yeah. to put something out that's, uh, you know, really good. And there's a lot of it for a lot of guys. I mean, they can't just, it's not just good. They they have to work at it's it. It's easier they, to pump out Jack and Jill. Right, right, yeah, exactly. It's horrible. Well, yeah, that, so there's this it, thing called the editing process in right. writing. And what happens is all the shitty stuff gets knocked out. But if they, they don't have time for that, then they just, you yeah. know, here's, here's a cat I think I'm ruining turn. all my chances ever to be in a happy Madison production. I don't, I mean, do you really? Do we'll you really we'll, we'll edit would, this out. No. Do you really hey, think hey. that would help your career? Uh, <laughs> hey, slow down, okay? Yeah. Anything will help my career right now. Yeah. I'm, do, I'm doing the sample hour, guys. I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, That's very I'm trying true. trying to work, some, work it, it out. We That's essentially, you know, this is the highest contract we've ever paid because it was like bacon fried chicken is what we Yeah, and, this, and lots yeah. of booze. Yeah, booze, yeah. booze, booze and chicken and, chick- and bacon. But that was like, but that's normally the way we roll. Maybe not to that like extravaganza yeah. of food, but we try to feast at least booze, once a week. Chicken. We had burgers. Burgers. We had the so fucking pasta. three meat mac and cheese that was three made. meat mac and cheese in black dynamite. Yeah, in black, black dynamite. dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and black dynamite was not the shit that happened the next. I mean, day. let's be fair, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, it was totally worth it, though, man. I mean, and it was. I mean, I, I, you were kind enough to let, invite me to your feast of an after party. So, oh I yeah, figured, my show in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that food was fucking good. That sa- the sandwiches. Uh, Bunda's Pizza. Bunda's Pizza. Yeah, I didn't know the name of it, but it's, I'll let you. Amazing. I'll let you ad- advertise it. <laughs> Bunda's Pizza was the sure fucking good I'm chicken I'm sure wings. they're going to go find it in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the Death Squad no, this power. Was, this was a good party. Uh, you know, I, I came in a day early to hang out with the Sample Brothers. Yeah. Uh, and no Susquehanna. Yeah. It, dude, it was fun, man. It was everything that I thought it would be. <laughs> it was every, I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> it was everything I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's cool, man. I mean we, it, I mean, I I was just like when you're like, yeah, I'll come in a day early and hang out with us, and I was just like. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to hang out with us, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to be here another day. Yeah. We can record tomorrow. Yeah, we're oh, going to record tomorrow, another podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow we tomorrow. can talk about something different, like hip-hop or zombies. Movies. Movies. The we mo- can talk about whatever. Yeah. I kind of want to hear all the movies. Uh, hip-hop. Zombies. Yeah, all the movies that you were supposed to be in. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that. All the movies that I was cut out of. I <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's, it's only like four, but... It's uh, it's at, ridiculous. At that point, do you start doing movies now expecting to be cut out? Like after you've been cut out four times. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> no. like, I'm like, oh, I might as well try to go do this because I'll get paid for fitting wardrobe. <laughs> I might as well go get paid to uh, do a wardrobe fitting and then get cut. 
As long as you're paying your money. Actually, I, mean, I get paid to try on clothes. That's I did four movies and I got paid to try on clothes. <laughs> Dude, I would totally tell people I was a model after that. Yeah. Like, what else do models do? Well, can you can you prove I'm not a model? My characters were wearing khakis and Hawaiian shirts, so it's not exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was a model for like Burlington Coat Factory. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Bahama tourist. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, what a. I'm getting all the roles that Tom Arnold got like 20 years ago. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm doing. Uh, you just opened for Tom Arnold, by I the did. way. I did. I did. Tom is a class act guy, man. Yeah. His stories are amazing. I He's a super nice guy. And it's funny because people are like, oh, Tom's a little crazy. Do you think like he's crazy or like... Or, like, even people say, like, people people don't get it. Like, they'll ask me, they're like, oh, these old stars. Not, you know, I mean, okay, like Bob Saget, Tom Arnold, they're older guys, you know. Mm-hmm. They've been around a while. I mean, they're legends. And um, they'll be like, oh, are they, like, old dicks now? And I'm like, no, they're not. I mean, usually the guys that are still new and young, which there's not many dicks in comedy. Yeah. You know, there's not many jerks. But, you know, my experience is, like, a lot of the guys that are older, they're cool as hell because you know why? They've been there and done that. Like yeah. they, they, they've, they, you know, they've been, they've been at the top of their game for so long. They're kind of over themselves. So it's, you know what I mean? That's why yeah. they're so cool because it's like they're, they're living in it. You know what I mean? They've been living in it so long that it's not like, Hey, check me out. You know, like, yeah. So it's mainly the stars that never really made it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the coattail. Right? That's funny. I mean, uh, you, you could say something about that, you know, that, uh, I mean, he never, I mean, like, here's the deal. Like, my mom loved. Hey. Just had a sitcom on for four episodes. <laughs> so you leave him alone. How many episodes have you done, Drew? I I haven't done any. Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Get off and I actually, race. you know, I am jealous that he was had a chance to make a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme as well. Right. Wh- what? You don't remember that? No. Dude, yeah, it was right at the it was right at the plateau or the plateau. No, the, the plateau. downward spiral yeah, the French, of Van Damme's oh, career. Plateau is plateau. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> it was like right like right after like Van Damme kind of peaked and like well it was maybe like just the end of action, like cheesy action movies being yeah. in the theater. Yep. And that was like Van Damme's one of his last cheesy action movies in the theater. It was right before uh What was it? I don't even know. It was right no, before the on. movie with uh, Dennis Rodman. Oh, oh shit! Like it was right before. It was his movie right before that, and I never. Offense gets the glory. Yeah, double team. Well, I always get that confused with double impact. Yeah, double impact and and double team was Dennis Rodman. Here, I'll I'll look it up. But uh, anyway, yeah. Well, one thing I did want to kind of talk about is just because, like, I really like to hear how people got to where they are. Like, I like to try to have like a positive message, and like you were sharing some stuff with me, like when we were going to get. uh, um, our fun fuel, this nice, this lovely, <laughs> this lovely Tangeray and Jack Daniels. But I mean, like, I think like, you have a really fascinating story, man. So if you wouldn't mind just like kind of oh, diving in, like, uh, so wherever you want to start, man, like where you grew up or went to college. Um, I mean, I, I can tell you how I started. I can tell you my entertainment tale. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, man, I've always been like the goofy kid, like the goofball, um, I moved. I moved into an like an urban school district when I was ten, um, and I went from being like not exposed to that at all. Uh, and I moved into that, and there was like black kids. It was crazy. Like I, it was I, like that was the first for me. 
And I, I was like, I'm going to be the tough kid. Because I, uh, I had a rough childhood. I was abused a little bit. So we had to, you know, kind of uh, move to a different neighborhood where my mom could afford to live. And I was just like, you know, wanted to be the tough kid. And I remember in sixth grade, this, I was mouthing off this black kid. Now, in sixth grade, this kid's nickname already was Rumpy. Okay. <laughs> like he's, yeah, he already has a nickname that's badass that sounds like he's going to stomp you. And it's Rumpy. And I mouthed off to him. And, and I remember he knocked me out cold for like four minutes. Knocked me out cold. I was sixth grade. We're like 12-year-olds. Knocked my ass out like Oscar De La Hoya. And I was like, shit, I am not fighting these black kids no more. <laughs> and I just started being funny. Like, I was just like, I'm going to make them laugh. That's what I'm going to do. And I started just going into school and imitating and loving color sketches and Fire Marshal Bill and the homeless guy, you know. <laughs> Hold me the clown. <laughs> Oh, the clown was, oh, you're good, dude. Uh, if you yeah. need a refill at all, too, just let us know. Yeah. Or if you just need that ice pack. Yeah. I'm good. I feel, I feel great. Okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, so that I, I was that kid. And I started getting attention in school and getting kicked out of class and getting in school suspension for being a, an idiot. And, um, and then uh, I, I had a lot of older guys that were friends that I would hang out with because I wanted to be with the older guys. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, check these guys out. They're getting chicks and stuff. And uh, this older guy I hung out with. He was like the leads in all the musicals, and he was like, "You need to come to the musical, and you'll you'll get chicks." So I was like, "All right, cool." So I went to be in the musical in the chorus, you know, uh, in eighth grade, and then I just kept doing that. I just kept like being in the plays and got all these parts in plays and musicals, and um, I was kind of a bad kid still. And uh, I met, I met these two guys, two friends of mine, um, that they made videos, and uh, I started actually going to church with them and stuff, and I kind of reorganized my life where I kind of, like, focused on, like, this friendship I had with these guys. And they made videos. They were in the video club, like, when I was in, like, 10th grade. And I started making videos with them. And we just started making videos for, like, our church groups, like, the the kids, like, youth group and stuff, making other kids laugh, and making videos for the school and making them for competitions and, like, winning competitions and just making all these little funny-ass videos. Yeah. And, um... So that went on for like a couple of years, and we did a little bit of improv in, in high school and stuff. And uh, and then my first year of college, I decided to uh, go to school for filmmaking. And you know, I didn't, I didn't go to school for any sports or anything that I played. I went to school for filmmaking. And um, my first year of film school, uh, I helped my buddy make like a you know forty minute movie. And you know, we were making still making all these little shorts. And I went to film school, and it was boring as shit. It was just boring. It was, it was so boring. There was, uh, we're okay, right? Yeah, we're cool. Um, sorry, sorry about that. Guy. <laughs> um, because like the acting classes were all about Shakespeare, and like it was just, I'm like, this is lame. And then like the filmmaking classes, it was still right on the cusp of like turning digital, you know? Yeah. And they were teaching us how to like cut super eight film in the dark. And I was like, this is lame. Cause we just started like my buddy, we just worked on like this 40 minute, like funny spy spoof film that was edited digitally on Adobe premiere, <laughs> like Adobe premiere, like zero. <laughs> and we filmed on Canon XL ones on mini DVs, digital video. That's and, crazy. Yeah. So we're already getting into this early because our church had the equipment. 
You That's know? awesome. Yeah, so like we, our church had Adobe Premiere and a cool video camera, and we just started making movies. We made a commercial for our church. That's like an awesome church, though, if you think about it. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, they, they really embraced us creatively because they knew that like we just wanted to share and like have all the kids that came to like youth group and stuff have fun, and they embraced that. And they supported us and was like, go ahead, make them laugh. Make them have a good time. Like, they really supported our gifts, which was really cool. That's really cool. Um, so by the time we went to college, you know, we're already working on digital. You know, we are – and then, like, you go to this class. It's like intro to digital filmmaking or and, like, intro to digital editing. They're like, okay, open up Adobe Premiere. And we're like, um, we already – we know how to use this. Yeah. And, like, my buddy's like, yeah, I edited, like, a 40-minute movie on this this summer. And he's like, oh, I'm okay, you pass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, so we were already into that. Um, so filmmaking was, it just, film school got really boring. And um, I just really, you know, I just didn't think I wanted to do it. So um, I got more involved in my church and I wanted to do something that was worthwhile, something I really wanted to do. And I thought, you know what, I want to go help kids. You know, yeah. like, there were, there are people that helped me in my life, you know, uh, and I want to, I want to go help kids. So I went to school for youth ministry uh, and to like counsel kids and like work with kids, uh, and so yeah, I went to college and got you know a degree in like youth ministry and uh, counseling and theology. Wow. Yeah. So I worked with kids. Crazy. So, now where'd you get that? Which school? I went to Geneva College. Okay. They're not gonna like that. <laughs> now, now that I'm a swearing comedian, I still haven't made it into the alumni newsletter. <laughs> I, mean, I always laugh like like it's a, it's a private private like liberal arts Christian college, very yeah. good college. It used to be an Ivy League school um, up until like the '60s. Interesting, and, uh, yeah. And so like every time I get like an alumni newsletter, it's like it's like uh, Daryl McCracken is, <laughs> is now the manager of Walmart. And I'm like, I just did a TV show and you... I'm still not in the alumni newsletter. Like I, like I, I just won comedian of the year in my city and I'm still not in the alumni newsletter because in my jokes sometimes I say fuck. Like that's, and I'm like, and I just want to be like, I just want to be like, hey guys, there are bigger problems in the kingdom of God than me saying the F word. Graduate you know youth mean? minister opens for Bob Saget. I know, right? Bob Saget tells dick jokes. <laughs> that's what it says. That's what it says. Yeah. Bob Saget says it's, it's body not, jokes. You're in the you're in the separate section where they're not celebrating you. I, like, no, no, I just have an asterisk next to my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. So during college, uh, like the first year I was in college, I kind of laid off of like entertainment stuff and really focused on my, you know, my schooling and stuff. But then I, I just already, I was jonesing. Like yeah. I was like, I got to do something fun, you know. Um, so the very next year, uh, they had a film festival at college. And I saw who won it the year before. And I was like, who the fuck? I'm like, this is so weak. <laughs> so like, the next year I was like, I told my roommates, I was like, yo, we're making a video and we're winning the film festival because I used to do this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like the guy who used to dance. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I used to dance. Like, Rocky, Rocky's yeah. coming out of retirement. Exactly. I was like, I was like, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm winning this film festival. And I won. Like nice. I went back and I, me and my buddy made a movie and, went, and I won and we won five hundred dollars. Called That's your awesome. shot. Called your shot, dude. I totally pointed the bat to the outfield and was like, "Hey, Bruce." Yeah. So uh, I started doing that and then I was I was back in it. I was like, "Okay." And then uh, my my buddy that I came up with in high school that you know we were making videos together and skits and stuff. Um, 
he uh, he said, you know, hey, I'm thinking about making a movie. I want to make a movie. Um, this idea that he had about a, uh, a high school kid that doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. The only thing he can come up with is he wants to be a superhero. That's awesome. And uh, he said, that's the idea I have. I said, okay. So I started jotting down some notes on, on Yellow Pad, you know, and we started collaborating. You know, he's in Pittsburgh. He's, at this time, I think he was still, we went to film school together, me mm-hmm. and my other two buddies. Uh, my one buddy also transferred to Geneva College. And my, my last buddy, Chris Prexa, he stayed there for another year. And so he's like, you know, he goes, I want to make this movie. He goes, I feel like I could drop out of film school and use the money I'm spending on film school to make a movie. And I'm like, y- you're right. You pr- we can. We can yeah. Probably, yeah, we definitely yeah. can. So we started, you know, messing around with some ideas and stuff. And this, this, this thing he was, you know, writing that used to be an old uh, sketch video called Captain Blasto. This sketch video about this high school kid who's a superhero. So we kind of uh, put it together into like a real life kind of thing, uh, you know, that wasn't a sketch. Yeah. And uh, this high school kid who wants to be a superhero and his only friend is his neighbor across the street who's also the high school janitor. So he's this kind of – he's not a nerdy kid. He's kind of a recluse kind of kid immersed in his own kind of creativity. And his only friend is the high school janitor across the street, and that was me. (laughs) So uh, we did this movie, uh, and – Gosh, that was 2000. We started that in like 2000 and, jeez, 2002, 2003, uh, and we premiered it in 2005. Uh, it, it was like two and a half years in the making uh, because we were filming it all summer and then all fall when I was in school, and uh, we ended up raising like $5,000. We ended up putting a couple thousand of our own money in, credit cards, some grass-cutting money. Uh, I was I was running I was doing landscape landscaping and stuff then. Yeah, that's something interesting too. Like I mean, I that, you had I, a landscaping business at the same time, right? Dude, I was yeah, I was playing. Well, I was off season, but I played college ice hockey. I was off season, but I was also running a landscaping company uh, and also filming a f- feature length film, starring in it, producing it. It was crazy. That's uh, awesome. So we did that. We made this little movie and then ended up winning some awards. And when it finally came out, we went to a bunch of film festivals and. And um, it had some had some meetings that mean nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, were, we were in L.A. We had our movie premiere in Man's Chinese Theater. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. It was, you know, it was an amazing run. Um, and it's still f- really fun to watch. We still have fans. I'm wearing an old Captain Blasto shirt right now. Cause it's, it's, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite shirts. And it's designed by, you know, the director, Chris Bruxton, my friend, who we created it with. And he's an amazing artist. Is he on Twitter? Oh, yeah, dude. How could people follow him? Uh, at C Prexta, P R E K S T A, um, or you could look up. He just did a, uh, a series for Sci-Fi. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, called the Mercury Men. I'm in that. Uh, that's I awesome. Have a, I have a really awesome, cool role in the first episode of that. Um, I have to see if that's on the uh, the it, Xbox it app. It, it is. is. Sweet. It is absolutely is. We're watching yeah. it. Yeah, Mercury Men is a incredible uh, incredible thing that he did. It's incredible. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Mercury Man is amazing. <laughs> uh, it's a short, you know, and it, it was on sci-fi and stuff, and now it's getting international distribution. That's sweet, yeah, man. He's he's amazing. His best gift. I mean, you know, he's like, oh, come on, I'm not good at anything else. I mean, his artistic direction. <laughs> if you if you watch Captain Blasto and you watch Mercury Man, yeah, you're like, holy crap, this guy's so artistic. Like, it's everything is visually stunning. That's awesome. It's, he's very creative. Um, great storyteller. You know. So, so we did that Captain Blasto, and uh, in the meantime, throughout all of college, I was also uh, working at these kids' camps. So I'd work there for some weeks in the summertime, 
and then eight weeks in the fall. And uh, basically what I did was I was an actor and a comedian. And so we would just make sketches and, you know, skits and do improv and make all these characters and, and like, run all these crazy games for, like, hundreds of kids at these camps. Yeah. So, like, every year, you know, I was spending weeks and weeks pretty much at, like, a sketch comedy boot camp. I mean, all we were doing was pumping out new sketches, creating characters, making costumes. Like, it was almost like, you know, every week for eight weeks straight we were running around Saturday Night Live. I mean, it was just like, you know. So I did that from, I did that from, like, 2000 to, like, 2006, 2007. Um, Did that every year. Uh, so I was doing that in the meantime too. I'm giving you all these little entertainment background things. Like, uh, <laughs> it makes sense though, man. Yeah. And then uh, after college, um, uh, I I did work at a, at a at a big church, and my buddy Chris Prexton and I were in charge of just that. We were in charge of all media and entertainment. So uh, he would do a lot of the graphic design. We would do the advertising. We would do all the fun videos. We would do live sketches. We would do live games, stage games characters all this stuff basically we were the fun directors which was pretty incredible for a huge like couple thousand kid youth group it was ridiculous that's mm-hmm. awesome so we did that um and then i moved on to take a job as a full-time youth pastor at a presbyterian church no i had a uh, a friend uh who actually went to moody and he graduated moody, yeah. yeah and he was a uh, youth ministry mm-hmm. he said he ended up getting out of it because it was just so depressing for him mm. That's interesting. Because uh, he said he did a lot of uh, inner city stuff, and he said it, it just wrenched out his soul after a while because it was he just felt depa- so I guess it kids. all depends on what kind of background he has. Yeah. Because a lot of people, I, I know people that come from um, decent backgrounds that try to immerse themselves into an urban culture or a low-class kind of um, you know situation, and it really just overwhelms them. You know, it's like taking a taking a rich person and taking them to like Rwanda it's like hey check this out you're like oh my oh my gosh oh my gosh it's like a culture shock yeah and yeah. I, so it, it some and I know people that have had that reaction so for people that kind of like lived poor and like grew up in a tough neighborhood you can go back and be like yep I remember this like you know like so it's easier for people that have been there to really be able to handle that and there's people are, I mean there are so many people that are friends of mine that are still in ministry that are I mean I couldn't do it like they were, they're amazing. They're they're made for it, you know. And for me personally, um, I loved working with the kids. I loved making the kids smile every day and like really have an impact on people's lives. It just got tough for me personally. Like I, I'm a kind of person I need attention. I've been yeah. an enter- I've been an entertainer my whole life, and that job is so selfless. Yeah. I mean, for you to be really good at it, you cannot care an iota about yourself. You should. They tell you you should take care of yourself, but really, you're giving it all. I mean, you're really giving your life to these like kids and stuff and uh and it, it, that wasn't so hard for me it's just it's just i did need a little attention you know and and also the the government of the church kind of rubbed me the wrong way yeah it's just i really liked working for jesus just not that building yeah do you know what i mean absolutely absolutely no totally um, because I there's a there's a hierarchy and it's a political thing it's very political it's very shaking hands and kissing babies and not every church is like that but i had a couple bad experiences where it was just like you got to be this person or you're fired like and i'm I'm like i'm not like that like sometimes i get pissed off 
And that's yeah. that's me. I'm a it's, human. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like, part of being human. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got to go apologize to this lady. And I'm like, no, she's a bitch. Like, <laughs> like I'm not. No. Like, she, you know, so that was me. I was just being me. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, um, during that time as when I was a youth pastor, I helped uh, do another movie called A Great Disturbance. And uh, which is this movie that nobody will be able to find if you look it up. <laughs> it does not exist. Uh, but Chris Prex and I worked with uh, some friends of ours on putting this movie together. Originally, they wanted to make a uh, – they were making some documentaries. Um, and they originally wanted to make a documentary about the fans of Star Wars at the Star Wars Celebration 3 convention in Indianapolis in 2005. They wanted to make a documentary film. Documentary, documentary. That's all right. They wanted to make a documentary film on these fans, and uh, they were like, "Hey guys, you know, we'll we'll pay for your trip to go to the Star Wars convention for free if you guys come and just like interview people. That's awesome. And like hold the camera because they knew we were filmmakers, you know. Yeah. And they were our friends, and we're like, uh, yeah, that'd be, yeah. you're gonna pay for us to go to the Star Wars convention? <laughs> okay. Well, we started getting our minds working, and at that time, my friend Chris Prex and I. Uh, we were watching the British Office. Nice. With Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Yes. We were watching the BBC Office. Yeah. And we're really – and then I started re-watching Christopher Guest movies. Oh, and, man. And really getting into the mockumentary genre. Best in and, show. That's yeah, a great one. Yeah. And Spinal Tap's one of my favorite comedies yeah. of all time. And so me and Prexa had this kind of idea. I was like, hey, you know, why don't, why don't we make this a mockumentary? Like, why don't we, like – put fake characters into this real world. So we ended up writing a bunch of characters that were me and Prexta and a couple other people as characters that would interact in the real world <laughs> with this, these Star Wars fans. So I played this character that was like a know-it-all Star Wars fan, like wizard shirt and black jeans and belt pack and like... Like, Phantom Menace was my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. And Chris Brexta played the, the high school history teacher who was also a gamer. Yeah. He would, like, go to these conventions and get irate about, like, losing to, like, 11-year-olds. <laughs> um, so he created these characters, and there's another character uh, played by my friend Jeff, who the guy never acted in his life, and this is the only time he's ever acted in his life. He plays a character named Lee Sagowitz. He's a kid who's never been out of his hometown. He's an 18, 19-year-old dude who lives with his parents, never left his house, and he's going to Indianapolis for the Star Wars convention. It's a fish-out-of-water thing, and he is one of the funniest comedic performances I've ever seen. Oh, man. I mean, you, you guys have to see. It's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we did that, and it was so it was like it was kind of like we did a Borat before Borat. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's interacting with people, people getting pissed at me. I mean, people thinking, like, we're totally serious and, like, what is wrong with these people, you know? But it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing where, like, we weren't ripping on Star Wars fans. Like, we ourselves are big Star Wars fans. So it was kind of like a mutual respect. Like, hey, we all love this, but we're all a little nutty, you got to admit. Yeah. So it was that kind of testament. That's what we were trying to, you know, show there. Yeah. And um, it turned out people loved it. I mean, we... We, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the year before we had our movie Captain Blasto, which is very comic booky based, uh, at Gen Con Film Festival, which is like a huge nerd festival. Huge. It's just like the biggest nerd convention in the country. Um, and we won the film festival with Captain Blasto. 
and uh, and and we went, you know, we went and did that there. And That's then, baller. Yeah, and then the next year we entered a great disturbance, and we won it two years in a row. That's oh, awesome, shit, dude! With two different movies at Gen Con. Well, if you guys know, I mean, Death Squad fans, you, you, believe it or not, you guys are like nerdy comic book sci-fi oh, fuck yeah, fans. We are. Most of us, we're all like, come we're all in the closet, background. though. Yeah, well, it's we, like we came from that. But I mean, background. that, yeah, that, yeah, but that fandom, dude. Yeah, like when people like something, it's on. Like, yeah, people, Crack. dude. We like it was. We went to these conventions. Like those are the guys. Those are the Captain Blasto and the Great Disturbance guys. And like, I mean, they sold so many DVDs. I mean, they just went through like a whole like almost ten thousand over a bunch of conventions, a bunch of film festivals. We did just all these sci-fi conventions, doing panels, meeting people, and that was the one thing I was saying. Where Facebook and MySpace first, well, MySpace was still around, and Facebook just came out, and my Facebook is like blowing up because of a great disturbance in MySpace. It was like. 30 people would be like, we saw a great disturbance in Chicago. (laughs) It was crazy. I mean, it just went nuts. And uh, to this day, I still get people like contact me on Facebook and they're like, hey, are you Phil from a great disturbance? (laughs) That's awesome. I just saw a great disturbance on DVD in Minneapolis. And I'm like, like, what? Like, it's crazy. Um, So now, you know, I'd like to share a great disturbance with people because it it's it's a funny movie you know I, it's like one of the funnest things I've, I've done but it's uh, it, the film company just kind of disbanded and it just it's gone it doesn't exist it's, there's no website there's nothing there's some old YouTube and some old Facebook accounts or MySpace accounts that's it we might have to see if we can find something like that on eBay oh uh, there is it's on Amazon uh, I think there's a lot. signed copy on Amazon for like a hundred dollars wow We'll tweet out the link. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. So anyway, so I did that movie. Yeah. And now I'm getting to some somewhere. When I did that movie and when I was going around for Great Disturbance and, and having so much fun filming that with like my friends and, and really going out, that's the first time I was like meeting fans. Yeah. You know? Like it was like people were like, You're the funniest person I've ever seen and I'm like, Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> like that's but I get it. You know, they had a good time, you know. So I'm like meeting people and I'm like, This is amazing. Like I love that like I can kind of like give something to people. Yeah. But also get a little something back for me. You know what I mean? Like I like that. I my whole life I was always wanting a little something to fill me up. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. You know, I've always had, like, a relationship with God, and that's kind of done me pretty well, you know, and, and, and God's been good to me. Yeah. But there's always that little bit of selfish intention that I needed, and, and acting was it. I mean, that was like, I was like, I love this. I love that, like, people are like, I'm making people happy, and they yeah. love it. Like, I love it. And um, I just I decided to leave ministry. I decided to, like, go into a creative career, and um, I just wanted to be surrounded by creativity. So... After I left ministry, I started working uh, more into the camp stuff. Like I started, I became like a director of the, some of the some of those camps and stuff, and like doing entertainment. And I also was pursuing creative jobs, like advertising, doing like I was just trying to come up with fake like mock ad like resumes and portfolios, just to try be in a creative realm. You know what I mean? I thought absolutely. Well, if I can't act just yet, you know, maybe I'll just try to be immersed in creativity and just stay there. Get um, yourself in that environment right, so it right, makes yeah. everything that right. much easier. Um, Keep those gears flowing. Right. right. Um, and then um, right before I went to camp, I, I went to Second City in Chicago. Oh, wow. I, I uh, Yeah, I, I applied and, and auditioned, and 
I got in and took some classes uh, for a little, uh, you know, a, a period of time that was less than a year, you know, uh, and that was amazing. And I really got like, I really, some of the classes I took, I really like, was like, wow, like they treated like comedy, like it was like NASA, like science. It was amazing. Yeah. And it really breaks down what comedy is and how you can, you know, do it better and knowing yourself and your strengths and your weaknesses. And that really, really like nailed it for me, nailed it in that I really wanted to pursue this. And uh, so I just started trying to do acting. I tried in Pittsburgh. I tried to, you know, get into some movies and stuff and, uh, you know, uh, get an agent and, and stuff like that. And, um, and I did. I ended up in, in 2008, in spring of 2008, I got my first real movie, uh, which is, you know, I did a bunch of student films. I did our two movies, you know, but it's still, it's not wasn't like real. You know? Yeah. So in like spring of 2008, I got a call back for a role that was like an ABC family movie. And I was like, um, this is crazy. <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, you're a supporting character. And I was like, all right, well, wh- who's in it? And they were like, oh, well, Steve Gutenberg's in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, what do you mean, dude from Short Circuit? Or a police like, academy. I know. I'm like, what? And uh, and they're like, Richard Kind is in it, who is, <laughs> I don't know if you know Richard Kind, uh, Spin City. Yeah. You know him. Uh, you know. And uh, R- Rondell Sheridan was in it, who was the dad on That's So Raven. Uh, very funny comedian. Um, and uh, I was pl- uh, I was playing the dumb husband uh, of a dumb blonde who was Sabrina Bryan from the Cheetah Girls, from Disney's Cheetah Girls. Whoa. Yeah. She was also on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. So they were like, you're her husband. And I was like, uh, but what? Uh, okay. This, this, is, this is a fantasy movie. This man. is real. Like, so that was my, it was exciting. It was my first real movie. You know yeah. what I mean? And we filmed for a couple of weeks, and uh, turns out that I guess ABC Family it didn't pan out, uh. so it was just a DVD release. So uh, it's supposed to be on Netflix. It's on Amazon. You can I mean, you can buy it. It's it's funny. You know, I, yeah. I got some really funny stuff. A little bit of funny stuff in there. You know, so I did that. And then a week later, I auditioned for Warrior, which uh, is Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, Edgerton Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte, Jennifer Morrison. Yeah, it's had great reviews. Uh, that movie's great. It's, it's a great movie. It's a great it really movie, is man. great. Um, so I went audition for Warrior, and uh, they were like, there was like seven. I went for a callback that was like on set because they were filming in a huge arena at uh, University of Pittsburgh's arena um, and then various other places, but they had callbacks there. And I go, and I'm in a, in, in a line with, like, seven huge guys, just big dudes. You know, they all look, you know, badass dudes. And I guess one of the, the casting director or, you know, whatever, I, I don't know who, I don't remember who it was. They were like, uh, which one of you went to Second City? And I was like, oh, that's me. She was like, oh, okay. She's like, you can do Russian. I said, yeah, I can do Russian. So she's like, well, do a little Russian. And I was like, well, I talk Russian. I don't know. You know, I, was like, <laughs> I started like rambling, you know, and she was like, oh, and she, this other dude, I think he was like a second assistant director or something like that. And he's like, are you really Russian? Do you speak Russian? <laughs> and I was like, I started doing Russian gibberish. I was like, <laughs> you know, I started like talking in gibberish Russian. <laughs> And then she started laughing, and she was like, "He's not, that's gibberish Russian. He was like, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just, like, messing around. And so they were like, all right, well, we're going to give you a role, and you're going to be, like, a, this Russian, you know, MMA manager. 
I said, okay. And she was like, you're going to learn Russian. I was like, oh, word? I was like, okay. So I got cast as, uh, if, if you see the movie, is Kurt Angle plays this Russian kind of Fedor character. Yeah. And I played his manager. That's awesome. And uh, there was another another guy named Ray Rowe who's a uh, he's 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 done some WWE stuff. He's a wrestler. He played like one of the the like the other Russian guy entourage. And then there was this crazy little Roman Vesalician from Ukraine. <laughs> he played the trainer. He was a real kickboxing champion. He was like seven time Ukraine kickboxing champion. He, they called him Little Wolverine. Uh, I swear to God, this guy's nuts. He would always like try to put you in arm bars and shit. And like, <laughs> he's, he's like, no, let me show you. Let me show you. I'd put you in submission. Let me show you. And you're like, get, the f- get off me, dude. Like, he's, always, <laughs> he's always trying to show you moves, but he taught us Russian and taught us what to say during the fights. And like, if we would go in the ring and, you know, and uh, he helped coach me when I had, I had dialogue when there was a scene that uh, before the huge fight in Atlantic City, there was all this press and red carpet. And so, you know, Kurt Angle would speak in Russian, and I would interpret it in a Russian accent, and then I would talk to him in Russian. And, you know, we did all that stuff. And uh, I had a close-up. If you haven't seen the movie, Kurt Angle loses. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, which is crazy because, you know, uh, you, you didn't know who he lost to because when we were filming, he, he did the same match with, with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Really? So no one really knew who really beat him because they were they were doing options. You know what I mean? Interesting. And uh, oh, dude, Kurt was fighting all day long for two months straight. I mean, he's he's an amazing like specimen of a human being. That's uh, that's Wes's favorite wrestler. Always been my favorite. Dude, yeah. let me tell you something. Kurt, he's a hell of an athlete and a hell of a performer. Dude, dude, yeah, he's let me a performer, tell you man. Kurt would wrestle like he would do all do his all his own stunts. I mean, all the other guys they held stunt doubles. I mean, these stunt doubles were getting their ass beat. This I remember this one Asian dude. Kurt powerbombed him eight times in a row to get all these takes. And this Asian dude, he was just getting pummeled. And Kurt would do this all day for 10 hours and would still, at the end of the day, pose for pictures for an hour for all the, for all the extras in the crowd, sign autographs. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I didn't even do shit and I'm tired. You know what I mean? And he said to me, he goes, these are the people that are sending my kids to college. He said, "These are the kids paying my. These are people paying my bills, watching my shows, buying my action figures. You know what I mean? And yeah. paying, paying my salary. And I was like, wow. wow. I was like, that really. I mean, it really hit me. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, he's right. He's absolutely right. And I was uh, with with just wrestling and everything. Uh, you know, it, never been a, a super huge fan of the modern yeah. stuff. Uh, but Kurt Angle, man, that guy could perform. He is a." He, animal and his cardio must be through a, the roof. He's smart too, man. Like the fact is, is that like in the WWE, you get paid on your merchandising. Yeah. So he created merchandising that would have so people would wear. Yeah. Hey, Kurt Angle, you suck. Yeah, yeah. 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 His, his yeah. mic skills are incredible. He yeah. had a promo. Yeah. Uh, the guy, the guy's just really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate as well because uh, with with different injuries and everything, by the time MMA was starting to. Yeah. Get big. Yeah. That's yeah. something that he would have wanted to do. Uh, he, I, I'm, well, he's always said he wanted to get into MMA, and I know he's done a lot of training for it. He tried out for the Ultimate Fighter, but they uh, well, you can pass the physical. I there guess. was a, I don't know if I can talk about this. There oh, was, okay. Uh, there was, as far as I understand, there was a supposed to be a big match in the works with Kurt to like make a debut into MMA, and I, it never happened. 
and I'm sure some MMA death squad heads probably know what know I'm talking that, about. Yeah, if you get on the forums. But I don't know if I want to like spread Kurt's no info. Doubt. No you know doubt. what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know yeah, if that yeah. was a, like a private contract thing or something, you know. But uh, So what you're saying is I might want to edit that out? No, whatever. <laughs> I'm an honorable guy. But no, uh, so, so that was my, my thing. Like right away, I did that. And, uh, you know, I'm hanging out with Kurt. You know, it, it's one of those moments where I really like walk into Starbucks with Kurt. And I'm like, holy crap, this guy's really famous. Yeah. Like, I, I, I reached a point where I was just like, oh, you know, this is, this is Kurt. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Uh, and it, it, that's when I really started getting a taste of like, wow, this is, this, is, this is amazing. Like, I'm like showing up and yelling in Russian, you know, and eating as much food as I can. And I'm getting paid for it. It was amazing. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. And just and then, like, you know, the, the whole crowd was always there. Like, they, it was at all, these, all these extras. And I met a lot of great people and like i was always making them laugh and like making a, you know, and it was a blast man yeah and that that year i just started stand-up i just started stand-up too um so uh oh no that was 2009 i filmed warrior i'm sorry spring 2009 was was that um uh, it's called um help me help you that abc family movie and to summer of 2009 was warrior i my first time i ever did stand-up was December 29th, 2008. So it was like five months before I sort of really got my first movies. And uh, I was I was thinking about doing stand-up. I was writing some jokes because I was in Pittsburgh and, you know, I went, to, I had some improv training and I was, I was messing around with a couple friends doing improv all the time. And there was, there was always improv stuff going on in the city, little shows and, you know, audience participation shows and a couple friends of mine had improv troops, and I started my own improv and sketch troupe for a short time. And and um, I was just like, I want to do more here. You know what I mean? Like, I want to. I'm in Pittsburgh. You know, me and my wife are about to have a baby. You know, um, I just bought a house. Like, I like I want to do something here. You know, and I want to do some. Try everything. I've done comedic acting. I'm do, I'm doing sketch and improv. Let's do stand up. You know, and my friend, um, a friend I met uh, through, uh, well. Frank Nicotero is a comedian. He's uh, he used to host uh, Street Smarts and Prime, yeah. Prime Time and No Time on Yahoo. Uh, you know he hosted all kinds of things. He now does he now does warm up for like some of the huge shows. Like he used to do like uh, American Idol or what was it? He seems like a little friendly guy. He's super nice, and yeah. he you know what it, he's su- it's 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 crazy because I don't know if any comedians will ever say to you that there are so many comedians that aren't huge yeah. that are super funny yeah and frank i just opened for frank at the improv this fall and he just smashed he's so funny and he does warm-up for the x factor in front of like thousands of people wow i'm like that's i couldn't do that that's how do you do that and so he's that's one of his specialties he does warm-ups which is supposed to be one of the hardest things to do on the planet is warm up for shows yeah by doing a half hour stand-up you know um so I met him because that's Frank Nicotero and his dad, Sam Nicotero, who's an old Pittsburgh actor in tons of Romero zombie movies. He was in, he was the old guy in Captain Blasto, our first movie. That's awesome. And at the time, I was also doing um, improv comedy shows and also like like a Tony and Tina's wedding kind of thing on these uh, riverboats we have in Pittsburgh. And Sam Nicotero was in these shows with me too. So that's how I got to know his son, Frank, when he would come in for the holidays me and Frank would, you know, laugh and, you know, and so I, I, you know, I emailed Frank and I was like, I want to start doing stand up. Would you have any advice? Whatever. And, um, uh, I saw him over Thanksgiving weekend. He's home for like a month or whatever, you know, for holidays. 
and uh, he said, "Well, I'm you know I'm performing at this little comedy club, you know, uh, in between you know Christmas and New Year's. Why don't you come do a guest set or open for me?" And I was like, "Well, I've never done stand up, dude. Like, you don't want me on your show." He goes, "Dude, you know, you did improv sketch. You, you'll be fine. Just write your write your five ten minutes. Just go do some jokes." I'm like, "All right." So I'm with this little comedy club in Pittsburgh, <coughs> and um, open for him December 29th, 2008, <laughs> and uh, did all right. Did all right. I, I remember it. It was weird. It was, you know, uh, it was. How, how, how was the stand-up a lot different than, like, your sketch comedy and your improv and stuff that you'd been doing well, previously? the difference is, is that I was by myself. Because when you're writing sketch, you're with your team of guys that know you and can compliment you with, with other jokes. And improv, you're a team. You know, it's like you always have someone to back you up. Yeah, but also writing writing jokes jokes was like, whoo, that's hard. It's still hard for me now. Like it's really hard for me to write stuff, you know. So I guess it's like when I write something, I, I try to make it as good as possible. I mean, I when I write something, I really try to like make that work because I'm like, yeah. I just wrote something. This has to go. Like, <laughs> I, I have to make this work. Um, so that was really getting used to doing that. And and at first, the first time I did it. I, it was more or less like I was writing jokes like I was some kind of like casino comedian. You know, I was like, you know, I hate going out to dinner with my wife. You know, it's like, um, and I just wasn't feeling it, you know. Right oh, back. I've got to go pee-pee. Yeah, I'll be right back. Keep okay, I love you. Love you your heart. Remember to shake twice, Drew. Yeah, hit me up with some hot sauce there. Hot sauce. Oh, yeah, baby. Could you uh, go uh, Yeah. So how long? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. 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 Uh, so I. I. Sorry. No, it's okay. So basically, with stand up and everything, so you're like got to work that in. You felt like you're a casino comedian. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I just felt like it. Like, like I was just doing an impression of a comedian. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I felt like I was doing, and um, so then you know. Over the spring of uh, 2009, I went to a couple open mics working it out. I just, I was like, eh, I'm okay. You know, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, and then, honestly, when I was on Warrior, Brian Callen is in that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Callen plays the Joe Rogan-type character in Warrior. Mm-hmm. He's the commentator. And I and I got to hang out with Brian a from, little bit. From Mad TV and yeah, from a Mad lot TV. of other stuff. Yeah, yeah from he's Hangover. Yeah. yeah, very funny guy. And, uh, you know, we're funny guys on set, and we kind of gravitated towards each other and, and and chatted it up and and brian was really cool about just talking to me about comedy and um and i haven't seen brian since then it's crazy i want to like open for him i try to reach out to him uh, brian callen i let's hang out again dude he, uh, he's one of our regular listeners so oh, you'll, sure. you'll reach him that's why i wanted to throw it out there yeah um <laughs> So he just really was like, I was telling him like how I was having a problem doing stand up, and he came up with something. He told me something that just like was an epiphany to me. He goes, "Well, your whole background is in improv, and sketch. You know, you're trained in improv." I'm like, "Yeah." He was like, "Well, why don't you try to do stand up with a little improv? Use your strengths, you know." And I was like, "Huh, that makes a lot of sense." Because he really that's how he's you know does his stand up. So that makes sense from like his background. Yeah, I mean, you know, so really, uh, so I tried that. I tried to just take a premise to, to take something, you know, that I thought was funny or a couple lines, and then just see what happens. And then build off of it. And based that's on the what crowd. I started doing. 
And uh, I was invited to do a 15-minute set. They were like, can you do 15 minutes? I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> you're like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. 30 yeah. minutes even. It was like a – yeah, that's how you do when you're a young comedian. You're like, I can do 48 minutes. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and did 15 minutes and just improv around a bunch of ideas and just crushed. Now, how, were you nervous that you're going to end up with like six minutes? I, or... You know, I don't remember. I just remember being there, and I remember thinking, holy cow, this is working. Like, improving my jokes was working. Like, taking... It was almost like I was treating stand-up like improv, except I wasn't getting suggestions from the audience. I was writing them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, oh, okay, we'll talk about how spiders are scary. And then I would just improv it. Uh-huh. You know, so, like, why I'm scared to death of spiders. That really was one of my first jokes. Uh, I'm not really scared of spiders, but... Anyway, <laughs> uh, it was a joke. Sure you're not. But, sure. uh, no, it's okay. I mean... Um, just the ones with hairy oh, legs. Oh, fresh hit of hot sauce up in my life. What's that? Just ran out of Verners. Mm. That's what's blasphemy. That's Jack Daniels and Diet Verners. Mm. Jack Daniels and Diet Verners. If you're ever looking for a new mix with Jack Daniels, Mr. Clever, Jack Verner. Yeah, I call it a Jack Verner. Oh, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, it what's... sounds like it sounds like not only can you drink him, but he'll also coach your college team to failure. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call you clever West for nothing. <laughs> it's uh, because somebody hadn't taken it before me. Do a Jack Verner. <laughs> oh, that's the drink's name. A Jack, Jack Verner. A Jack Verner. You ever had a you ever had a Jack Verner? God damn, he's a crazy son of a bitch. And that's exactly how it should sound when you say yeah. it. Jack Verner could also be like a character in a western. You want me to, you want me to list okay. that for me? Okay, okay. Yeah, the commercial was, you ever have a Jack Verner? Well, goddamn you. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be like that Ronald Reagan one, <laughs> that commercial he did. Well, Ronald Reagan supports America. <laughs> and it's like, well, Jack Verner is what an American would drink. Jack Verner. Jack Verner. Your daughter Cut. drinks it, you might as well do. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, so so, so so he said start, you know, and you start yeah, doing that. Yeah, and I improv. started doing that. And honestly, like that's that summer, late summer, uh, early fall of 2009, I started just embracing the like writing on the stage. And I know Bert Kreischer and I have talked a lot about that. He does that too. Yeah. And, and that's when I started doing that. And I just started going to open mics and doing little shows. And just it just felt right. And it worked well. I mean, it's three years later. And you just recorded a DVD. I just recorded a 70-minute DVD. Yeah, which was fucking awesome, uh, by the way. Yeah. I, I So, so yeah. And so at that time, I, I met a good friend of mine who actually opened for me at my DVD special, uh, Danny Palumbo, who's mm-hmm. in Austin, killing it. And uh, him and I started, like, stand-up like, the same week. Like, that summer, we kind of, like, buddied up, and we just went to open mics five nights a week, just hammered open mics, like, just, you know – and I did that for a while, and it just kept building and building. And um, uh, eventually, I got work at the Pittsburgh Improv, which is a, it's a great club. Um, I remember the manager called me, and he's like, hey, uh, well, I was doing guest sets there. I was doing guest sets there and, and doing well doing some guest sets. And, uh, my first guest set was Josh Sneed, who's a Cincinnati native. That was my first guest set ever. Josh is you know, a friend of mine now. And... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I I just saw him. I was like, dude, I, my first guest set was you. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the improv called me and they were like, hey, do you want to feature this weekend? 
do you want to work this weekend? It was the first time I ever worked for them. And I was like, I said, yeah, who's featuring? And they're like, because <laughs> I don't know if you know about con- like stand-up shows, you know, there's an MC, there's a feature, and a headliner. Yeah. So there's like a, you know, there's a, a opener, a middle, or and a headliner, you know. Mm-hmm. So they call me to feature, to do a middle. That's like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And they're like, do you want to feature? And I'm like, who's who's the feature? Because I was thinking like, oh my gosh, the improv's calling me like, they want me to MC. Like, this is amazing. Well, they asked me to feature. Like, it, apparently I was one, of, it was, apparently it was a thing like where, whoa, Cliver got the feature before he even MC'd. Like, it was, whoa, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's banging the daughter. Some people... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was the thing, what he really said to me, he was like, I was like, oh, y- y- yeah, you you want me to do the middle? Okay, you, how much do you want me to do? He's like, you do 20, you'll be fine. I go, okay. And he was like, and I remember asking him later on, I'm like, you you let me do 20 minutes for the first time I ever worked with you guys. And he's like, well, you were doing open mics, you were doing a different five minutes for like two months straight. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you didn't get your, your yeah. practice. So you was cut your was somebody there. like in the crowd scouting? And then they saw you well, so the, many the, times. The assistant manager, who's awesome there, he really keeps his eye out for you know new comedy, uh, for new comics. But there's also some staple guys that were there. Um, uh, two friends of mine, especially uh, Terry Jones, yeah. who's a uh, black comic from Pittsburgh, very funny guy, a lot of impressions. Uh, and then Bill Crawford, who Bill Crawford has been, you know, we've seen Bill Crawford. Yeah, Bill Crawford's a very funny guy. He yeah. really okay. was like, you know, he was one of those guys that were like, check out Aaron Clyburn. You know what yeah. I mean? So he really had a lot to do with that. He used to tour with Jim Brewer. That's how I got hooked up with Jim Brewer. That's sweet. Uh, yeah, and now now Bill is uh, uh, on the you know a big morning radio show doing comedy. In That's Pittsburgh. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. He's on a, on a rock and roll uh, station doing comedy in Pittsburgh, and he's not really touring anymore, but he does still does stand up. And That's I mean, awesome. Super guy. I mean, that was one of the guys that were like, hey, check out this kid, you know. Um, so, yeah, and, and then it went from there, and then I just – I mean, it was. It's been a. Uh, I've been doing stand up four years since December twenty ninth. Uh, December twenty ninth of two thousand twelve was my four year anniversary of doing stand up for the first time, and it's been a pretty good four years. That's fucking awesome, man. I mean, no, I've, I've traveled around with Steve O, Jim Brewer, Josh Blue, Bob Saget, Bobcat Goldthwait. I mean, a lot of guys just kind of took me on the road, took me under their wing, and. Just were so cool to me introducing, yeah. especially Steve O took me in a bunch of new clubs, and I mean it was just, you know, Bobcat should hook you up in one of his movies. You know, it's so funny. I was about to, <laughs> I was about to say Bobcat <laughs> <a> demo reel. <laughs> yeah, like his movies are like I enjoy his movies. Like they, uh, they're always this offbeat. But I think my favorite one is the one with uh, Robin Williams and his son. Have you seen it? It's uh, the world's, world's greatest, greatest dad. dad. Yeah, that movie is so funny. It's man. awesome. Did you see God Bless America? Yes. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Right? God Bless America was pretty Whoa. good. Yeah. I like that movie too. Yeah. That, uh, fun, yeah. Now, when you first started, because uh, everyone cuts their teeth and everything and has yeah. to get their stuff, uh, a lot of people have a good story about, yeah, so uh, I, I just started, and that's what they always preface it with. So normally I wouldn't be doing that case and era, but I just started, and, or, you know, that bar mitzvah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What, what's been the worst? like venue slash crowd slash what was your worst performance not just because not because of you necessarily but like when you look back and you're like man Um, that was rough jeez i've been pretty lucky to not have a lot of like i don't i would i would say i I never bombed but i've had some rough sets because i'm really good at digging out 
Yeah. I just improv my way out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I do whatever I can to get a chuckle, you know? Uh, which some snobby comedians are like, oh, he just will do anything for a laugh. But I think uh, it's the willingness to do anything is what's right. probably helped you get, yeah. like, super. I mean, I think it's it's just has probably helped you slingshot yourself into your career in a sense. Like, sure, that's true. And sure. also, you're a nice fucking guy. <laughs> like, try. you're not a fucking asshole. Like, and you're I was actually funny. By my mama and my grandma, so they're nice ladies, and they're <laughs> both goofy as hell. So it worked that's out. Awesome. Are they good bakers? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom, my mom, and Graham can cook. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually, fat guys have old moms German, that can cook. Old, old German lady. Heck oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, that's sweet. German potato salad. Oh, she, yeah. Did she make schnitzel? No. <laughs> no. Um, but anyways, back to the was, question. Yeah, there was. You know, I mean, I, I've done quite a few bar shows. There was. A, there's a bar open mic that's like a biker heavy metal bar that's a, a big open mic in Pittsburgh, and um, that was one of the better open mics for a while when I started. Yeah. And that really, everyone said would always say like, "Oh, it's called Smiling Moose, owned by a friend of mine. It's very great." They actually just turned the place around. They got a chef. I mean, they're really picking it up. It's not. It used to be like a dirty biker bar, you know. Yeah. And that's where, like, everyone, you cut your teeth at the moose. I mean, it, uh, you're just sitting there and they're like, shut the fuck up. Look at that fat faggot. Shut. I mean, it was rough, man. Like, how do you respond to those guys? I like, did, some, I, some comedians I don't attack know. back. I'd, I'd have to be standing there in the moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I want to say that I, like, ripped on them. But I think back in, back then, you know, a couple years ago, I was just like, all right. Next joke. <laughs> uh, t- yeah. So anyway, guys, did you watch this new American Idol? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, because it's always like you always think that you'll respond a certain way in a certain situation. You never know. You don't know. Yeah. There's, there's time like I like whenever that ever arises, like I never want to be like mean because I, I try to be pretty likable. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like being mean. And like I, there's sometimes where I've just snapped. Yeah. Just like broke down some like woman in the front row, and she's like, she's like, I, I am divorced. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, my cat, him, my cat still loves. Cut him to the core, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with a guy who has a degree in counseling and is a stand-up comedian. <laughs> you can use your powers for evil. I can look at you from shoes to hair and talk about your whole life. Yeah. Boom! Look at that sweater. I know why you wore that because when your second husband left, you put all your money into a business with your young boyfriend who you wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> anyway, that's hilarious. Do you ever feel like you went too far in that case, like with with one of those people, like you, you said when you snapped? No, I, you know, it's, it's, that's rare for me mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little high energy Yeah, and I always say like, people are like, Oh, do you get hecklers? And I'm like, I don't give hecklers a chance. Right. Well, and you're really good at just stealing people's attention from yeah, the get go. I, mean, I, I mean, and I'm not saying like, well guys, I do this, yeah. but <laughs> I feel like I, I, I have to look at it and say, you know what? I really don't get people talking to me. I don't give them a chance to. Yeah. And it's, and I don't want to say I'm a genius and I do that on purpose. It's just, I, that's what I really think just what happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, and even if they do talk to me, I'm really good at just like, like turning it right off and just moving on. Um, and also I always say, if you're funny, if you're really funny, you know, people aren't going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. They're going to be laughing their ass off, you know? It's and true. But some people, and, and I'm not saying like, you know, you're not a good comedian if you have hecklers because yeah. there's all sorts of 
you know, people out there that are hammered and, oh, you know, yeah. and, are, and are bigger, bigger assholes transcend good comedy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it happens, you know, but I'm just saying like, you know, if you're really killing a room, no one's going to be like, oh yeah, well it's my fucking birthday. You never said nothing about my birthday. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't invite her on stage, but you had her on stage. Yeah, right. So, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. What? Well, how, we got we out of time. Oh uh, yeah, dude, we're at Look an at hour and ten minutes. Really? Wow. Yeah, that like flew by too, Every time dude. I got a long, long story. Dude, it was awesome. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mini series, motherfucker. Dude, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. I can't wait to do part two tomorrow since you're in town. Yeah, I just randomly picked, you just up, picked up, uh, up another gig. Yeah, they were like, do you want to do an afternoon corporate gig on Friday for a bunch of money? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was dancing on a trampoline like, hallelujah, 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 booze brother style. Well, we were on the way, to, the we were on the, we were on the way to eat at China Buffet. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm like, what? They want me to do a corporate gig. I could do it too. Yeah, Friday, yeah. <laughs> I do have a show on Friday in Pittsburgh, so I'm gonna. Have oh to yeah, let's promote some shit real quick because well, I'm gonna yeah, get this out today. Well, if anybody's in Pittsburgh, uh, I host uh, when I'm in town. I host a showcase show. If you're in Pittsburgh, uh, you know I know some friends. Let's do it in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. I spread I spread your love all over Pittsburgh. Thanks, man. Trust me, uh, Drew spreads his love all over. He can. Oh, bingo! How you, how you doing? <laughs> Drew likes to spread his love on towels <laughs> and socks, pillows, bed yeah. sheets. Yeah. But now he has a bunch of little socks running around. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a showcase show uh, last Friday of every month at uh, this really cool Italian restaurant and bar called the Pleasure Bar nice. in, in Bloomfield. It's in our Italian district. You know, it, it's like it's seriously Italian district. They're just old Italian men walking around swearing at each other, uh, sweating. So, yeah, and Friday hairy. night and a very funny guy from Pittsburgh, Sean Collier. He he's on the morning radio show. He's uh, he writes for Pittsburgh Magazine. Very funny guy. He's going to close the night. But as always, we have like three comics that are sh- that I showcase. You know, guys been working hard at the open mics. You know, have to give them a chance to do like ten minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes. So uh, yeah, it's Friday at nine thirty in Pittsburgh in Bloomfield. Yeah, everyone That's check sweet. out check out Aaron. Uh, also check out his YouTube videos. Oh, snap he, he, he was nice enough to uh, watch some terrible movies for us. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> One terrible movie. The original was fucking awesome. That's true. The original Total Recall is sweet. Like, as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, why are you wishing that on Aaron? Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> I want you guys to know that you're the only reason why I'm starting that back up. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a web series that I came up with that I thought it would be funny because I did a, a, a YouTube video years ago called uh, where I explain all six seasons of Lost in five minutes. That's awesome. Well, it's actually, it was actually like a 20-minute video, but my very good friend, uh, YouTube guy, Beardy Boy, he put it together in like six minutes and 30 seconds. So it's not lost in five minutes. It's actually lost in six minutes and 30 seconds. But people are like, it's not lost in four minutes. But it, he just, that's what he called it. So I explained lost in like six minutes. And uh, it, it, it was funny. It, you know, people liked yeah. it. And so I, I came up with this idea like, like a year later. It was like, why don't I watch movies and then just explain them? You know, in, a, in, a, in my way. I don't know. Like an idiot. I thought the Red State one was really funny. Yeah, so I, I, did, I watch I did. it for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I watch it for you. So. And you can make up your own mind. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm like, you can watch it or not. Follow your heart. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> follow your heart. Like, if you don't want to watch it, here's what it's about. And now you're like, you know what? I kind of want to watch that. So that's the idea. And so I did Red State and uh, uh, and Clever West just asked me to do Total Recall. And I watched the old one and the new one. And uh, that's going to be coming out like next week. 
which is awesome. Watch it for you. It's it's hysterical. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, too bad that, uh, you know, the only, just real quick, I thought the only redeeming thing in the new Total Recall was Kate Beckinsale, how she's American when she's good. Beckinsale. Oh, yeah. And then she's fucking mean (laughs) and British and when she's evil. And it was so sexy to me. I I don't know why. You know the biggest thing I was disappointed in with that movie was that the three titted chick? No, no. Jessica Bale, Jessica Biel wore a zipped up coat the entire movie. Yeah, I want to see some of that bod. I mean, she how is, is uh... she not running around in a wet tank top in that movie? There was plenty I, of. I don't want to be stereotyped. I tell you what, man. I tell you what. Staring at her ass in oh. wet tank top and uh, fucking Chuck and Larry. Yep. Chuck and Larry was good. Chuck and Larry. Chuck and Texas Larry. Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, Texas yes. Chainsaw. That's what made Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Woo! She Besides Lee Emery, like Lee Emery was really like yeah. there well, was actually really good in that. I I had to have some serious internal you know thought processing afterwards because I'm watching a guy get you know slaughtered by a chainsaw, but I still have an yeah. erection, and I was like, hmm. uh, anything else you want to promote, man? Uh, Go to your website www.aaronkleiber.com. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter at Aaron Kleiber. Um, follow all kinds of shit. Follow at Death Squad PA, our boy Gio at Tosano, because Gio... My man. Yeah, yeah. Gio is kind of like... He hung out with us and got us to come and hang out with Cliver, too, so... Uh, I do got a couple things. I mean... Uh, yeah, upcoming shows, man. Promote. You know, promote. I might, you know, I might be back in Columbus for uh, February... First weekend of February that I can't mention yet, because yeah. it's not 100%. But Death Squad fans, uh, you might be interested to come see that show. You would definitely be interested um, to I come hear see G- it. I hear... In town in Columbus that weekend also that I oh, might man. be in for also a show that is possibly possibly you the should. same one anyway <laughs> so um, <laughs> but actually no if, if you guys if, if I know you guys have a lot of fans in Ohio I'm actually uh, headlining at the Sandusky Ohio State Theater that's sweet uh, February fifteenth whoa yeah that we can is uh, awesome. yeah yeah yeah. Man, you guys want to come up to Sandusky? I, yeah. I will say I, we could probably. I, I am, might have I, some people in Toledo listening. That's yeah, you guys I should am, go. I'm not going to ruin Aaron's it. well worth. But I will theater. say, Aaron has one of the funniest bits I have ever seen live. And if <laughs> yeah. you're from the Toledo area, you, you will too fucking love it. Will find it so funny oh, yeah. that you'll nearly piss yourself. I oh, promise yeah. you. If not, I promise you, I will give you a full refund on this podcast. <laughs> I love you guys. I, lo- I love. I love that uh, you guys have given me hospitality. Dude, any time. I man. like you mostly because you follow your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll probably have part two tomorrow. Make sure you check out Aaron's website. Yeah, please do. Follow him on Twitter. Buy his movies that he's been in. Do you get paid for those if they buy him? Uh, no. Oh, well, go no, ahead. Right. Just well, watch. Download them. I actually do have an Amazon <laughs> widget that I get paid for. So that's, oh, yeah, oh, that's all right. Go to his oh, website. Yeah, yeah there's some stuff on there. And, 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 and you know what? Uh, this is the thing here. Uh, my name is Aaron Kleiber, A-A-R-O-N-K-L-E-I-B-E-R. It's a weird German name. But I talked about a great disturbance. If you guys, if anybody wants that movie, wants to check it out, that Star Wars mockumentary, uh, I will send it to you as long as you pay for shipping. Uh, just contact me on my website. There we go. Holy shit. If you're a Star Wars fan... He'll sign it, even. You will like this. And if you're a Star Wars fan and you know the Force.net, the Force.net said it is the best Star Wars, non-Star Wars film 
about Star Wars they've ever seen. He he promises awesome. he promises he will rub his balls on every fourth copy that goes out. Fourth, dude. I tell you what, he rubbed his balls at me yesterday. Guys, you want that copy? Guys, I don't know if that happened. <laughs> uh, it happened. I don't remember ball stuff. You re- you remember that drink Drew made for you? Yeah. It happened after that. Yeah. Uh, Touche. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode. We love you guys and make it a great day. Dance. 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 A dummy scratch beat. Let's go. Dance. I like to dance. I wanna dance. I need to dance, baby. Dance. on this mind. Uh-huh. We about to do this right. That's right. All dancing, please don't fight. Move into the morning light. The floor is your domain. Get up and don't be lame. We grooving all the same. Dancing like the movie fame. She got a sexy thing. She do. Go touch a sexy thing. Go ahead. She got a sexy friend. Uh-huh. Go touch a sexy friend. Clap, clap, clap. Yo, eh.